2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 13. Paul the writer here, and the Bible says this, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. We're thankful to be in this place. A good spirit, Lord, just... Thankful for the freedom that we have here to come worship tonight. We praise you, Lord. Thankful for the choir. And, Lord, we just pray. I need some unction to preach tonight. Lord, help me to effectively communicate the Word of God. I pray, Lord, may our hearts and our ears be open, Lord. I pray, to God, when you deal with hearts, help us to make right decisions, Lord. Help us to choose to respond in the right way to you tonight, Lord. If there's one lost and, Lord, never been saved, Lord, I pray tonight to get born again. I pray for the child of God tonight, Lord, that you would strengthen us and help us, Lord. I, maybe you need to straighten us. I don't know what it is, but you do. And I pray that you would work a work in our hearts that we'll respond and re receive, Lord, and, 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 and be helped. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Can't do anything without you. I know that, Lord. Help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we come to 2 Timothy, I, 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 you know, sometimes I feel like I preach out of this book or reference this book, but may I say it's probably one of the most, uh, uh, of all of the 66 books of the Bible, it's probably, uh, probably one of the most relevant to us because we're living in the midst of it. Uh, I mean, uh, I know it's not all necessarily happy in there, but I mean, neither is the world we live in. It's not a great place out there right now. But uh, as we come to this passage of Scripture, I want you to uh, notice the admonition and, and the, just how compassionate Paul is. Uh, and, and, and we can see that the Holy Ghost, as who wrote all these words, you can see the love that Paul has towards Timothy in here. And this is 2 Timothy's Paul's last letter. That's no news to you. You all, but it's the last letter that he wrote, and he addressed it to Timothy. And, and you can see an elder preacher, so to speak, uh, uh, desiring to help the younger preacher to continue on here. These are called pastoral epistles, and, and, and may I say they are that way, but there's much application for just every believer. And may I say we can also see here in the same, same thing, we can see how God wants to help us navigate the last days. I'm glad for that, aren't you? We're not just figuring this thing out. I don't like to figure things out. You know, I like to have instructions. Now, my fault is a lot of times I don't read the instructions. But can I say, if we'll read the instructions, we won't have to sit around trying to figure things out. A lot of people are trying to figure their lives out instead of going to the manual. The manual will make a difference. And, and, and I'm telling you, and listen, I'm glad it ain't wrote in Chinese either. Praise God for that, because I can't read it. Sometimes them little pictures come. I can't understand what them pictures mean, but I'm glad that there's a teacher living on the inside of me that wants me to help and understand the Word of God. And, and I want you to see that Paul had a desire to see Timothy glorify God in his life. And that's what this last book is about. And, and in verse number 13, I want you to see the instruction that he tells Timothy. He says, to hold fast the force of sound words. Now, may I say, everything that we do, it rests upon doctrine. Doctrine is the essential thing. It's what divides us from every religion of the world is doctrine. Uh, that's what divides us from all of the others is the doctrine that we have and that we hold. And I'm glad for a sure foundation of the Word of God here. But I want you to notice the instruction was written with the knowledge by the Holy Ghost. I can see Paul as his chains are rattling, as he's pinning this down from prison, and he's beginning to tell Timothy, Timothy, you need to hold fast, son. And as he's doing that, I imagine 
him looking up from the page and he's seeing the peril he's getting ready to write about. He's going to see all of the problems that he's, that he's going to go face and he's looking and he wants to make sure as a love that, that he wants to make sure that he has everything that he needs. He didn't want to leave anything behind that Timothy can use. And may I say that's the same way God is for us. We're not in this thing. God has not held back nothing from us, but he wants to give us all things that all the way to the end of us, whether that be we go through death or we go through the rapture, that we have everything that we need that you and I can glorify him. And the key for Timothy, as it is for us serving God in the last days, is truth. And, and, and I, this something I come across in this last two weeks, uh, I'm not going to go into it all the way. Me and Thomas talked about it in some ways, but uh, a, there's a situation to come by and a man that acted uh, out of just, he was wrong in what, the way that he acted. And, and, and the problem was that he knew better, but he acted um, uh, in a sense against God's word and he wasn't holding fast the word of God as someone who we would expect to at this point in time. And, and I come to this and I thought about the importance that you and I need to hold fast the word of God. I want to say something true to you. Listen, truth, I was going to say this later on, but I want you to grasp this. Truth is not something that should just be in the conversation of our lives. Truth should be the conversation. It shouldn't just be an option for us. There ought to be no other options is what I, what I want you to grasp at today. And, 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 and because of that, that's going to make us come into some situations that are not pleasant confrontational maybe in a way we're going to face things because how we regard truth but can I say something to you the instruction is to hold to the truth notice what we see here now 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 Paul he knew Timothy would face a degree of intensity of the last days and he went on to admonish him here to hold fast now that means to take hold of it's a firm grip and 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 I want you to think about uh, there's different ways we grasp different things um I think about the way that you hold a baby. Now, when you hold a newborn baby, now listen, I, I had to learn this. When you hold a newborn baby, you, you wanna, I want to make sure I ain't dropping that thing. Amen, right? That's the key. But you can't squeeze it like you squeeze a teddy bear or you smash it. You got to, there's a careful, there's, you have a firm grip. I think about sometimes carrying in the bag of groceries. And I'm talking about you get so many and listen, you put the one thing on the last finger that you have available that you know if it drops, it really won't make that big of a deal if that one breaks, right? Because you don't want to make another trip. But can I say something to you? There's different ways that you and I hold things, but when he's talking about holding fast, he's talking about hanging on for dear life. I'm talking about a grip, a bear hug. I mean, holding on to make sure, kind of like if you were uh, hanging off the cliff and you were hanging on for dear life, that's the way you and I need to hold on to truth. May I say, we've got to hold fast to the sound words. I want to talk about what he's saying right here. Uh, he was telling Timothy that he was to need to remember it and retain it and to adhere to it in the light of what he would face. And listen, what you and I are facing and what we will face and the intensity of it's going to get ratcheted up. If the Lord, uh, listen, I don't know when the Lord's coming back, but when, before he comes back, it's not going to get lighter for us. It's going to get harder for us. And we need to have a firm grip upon truth. The form here, it means, the word means an outline, a sketch or a pattern. And what it pictures is, a seal or a stamp that is marked with a pattern. And, 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 and the word speaks of a pattern that one can maintain with the sameness. 
So what was Paul was telling Timothy was, listen, what I have and what God has done in my life and the promises that I have, he said, these are the same things that you have. He realized what he was telling him is that this, this whole letter, there's so many times that Paul would say, but remember, Timothy, my doctrine. He, he would reference back to himself, and he was an example to Timothy. And what he's telling Timothy is, listen, I'm not going to be here the rest of your life. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be moving on. And you can find scriptural transitions throughout the Bible. You look at, I think about Moses and Joshua, the things that God used Moses to do to strengthen Joshua because Moses wasn't going into the promised land. And I think about here, as we look at this transition, he wanted him to know, listen, you can hang on, you can serve God, you can be faithful, and God will be faithful in all that he's called you to do. And that's what we got to do is have a firm grip upon truth. This Bible can't just be something that we learn, it's got to be something Something that we live. I mean, not, we can learn. You can. I, I don't care if you can quote, if you can memorize and quote in a whole chapter of the Bible. If you're not living it, you're missing the point of it. Now, the knowledge of the Word of God will help us, and the truth and the promises of the Word of God will help us. But the Word of God is to be lived out. I like what Tom said this morning. How that, in in, in some ways, what has happened is Christ birthed in us that His Word, that Christ would be lived out in our lives. That's a beautiful picture. And that's what it is. And truth is the most important thing. It is not a important thing. It's the most important thing. I don't think the problem uh, that that people have is that they they don't have truth a priority. The problem is they don't have it the main priority. It's got to be everything. And and you say, well, how do you know that? Well, because read these books. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, these little three pastoral, just those three books, how many times God talks about truth and points to truth, points to things that are untrue and gives you warnings, gives you help and instruction. And, and, and what he's telling Timothy is he's, listen, this is something that you can continue on. And that's important because, listen, if, if the Lord don't come back for another 50 years, can I say something to This congregation's going to change. That we're going to have a bunch of miracles sitting in here. I'm just being honest. I'll be 86 in 50 years. Well, I'm just telling you. Y'all pray for me at 36. My back's killing me right now. But I, I want you to grasp this. There is a pattern of truth, and it can be passed on from one generation to the next. Downstairs in the nursery in 50 years will probably be the ones leading the choir, preaching in the pulpits. Can I say something to you? As long as we're here, we got to be holding sound and hold firm. We have to, there's two applications to this. We have to hold firm because of the next generation, but we also have to hold firm for us. You see that? There's a personal and then there's a ministry application here. They may not understand it, but they're counting on us and they don't even know it yet. They're counting on us to hold to the truth, to hold to the sound doctrine. That's what that word sound, it means healthy. Can I say something to you? You can't be spiritually healthy without the Word of God. You have to read it. You have to study it. If you're going to have a spiritual, healthy spiritual life, it's going to be because you're in the Bible, and the Bible gets in you. So Timothy was to hold fast to the truth, and and that's what sound word is. It is truth, but I want you to grasp this. Paul knew what he was going to face and what he awaited, and here's some things I think that we are, you and I, are going to have to hold fast in in what we're going to face when we hold fast. The first thing is we're going to have to hold fast in our decisions. 
And what I'm, I'm going to grasp it to you this way. If you notice this book here, it's full of instructions, admonitions, things that Paul was telling Timothy and the Holy Ghost was telling us. But a lot of these admonitions followed a, a thing where Timothy, in a sense, would have to make a decision with what he knew and what he had received. This whole book, Timothy had everything that he needed in the Word of God to do whatever God had called him to do. There's the promise right there. I don't care how bad it gets out there. I don't care what America looks like tomorrow. How awful we could, let me say something to you. God has given us every single thing that we need to do his will. No matter the outlook, no matter the conditions or the circumstances, that's what 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That means we have everything we need to do God's will. There's not a shortage on God's part. We've got to hold fast. Listen to me. God will help us hold on. You, you realize that? But we've got to get into this thing. We've got to be a part of it, make some effort. But notice, holding fast in our decisions. This book is full of decisions. Verses 1 and 6 says, that thou. 2 and 1 says, thou therefore. 2 and 3 says, thou therefore. 3 and 14, but continue thou. All of those places are places where Timothy would have to make a decision. What Paul just said, you have gotten, but Timothy, you've got to do this. That's where we kind of want to stop, right? We just went back. Let's let Pastor Tom handle Right? Let's let somebody else take care of that. But can I say something to you? You have a responsibility and accountability to hold fast to truth. Now, you may not have as much truth. If you just got saved in here, there's some new convert sitting in here tonight. You may not know very much of the Bible, but the truth that you have, you need to hang on to and hold to it. And God will give you more truth. As we obey the Word of God, we get more light. He'll give us more. But I want you to notice a few things. We make decisions every day. Probably hundreds of decisions. We don't even sit around and think, how many decisions do I make, right? Think about how many decisions we make just to eat breakfast, get our clothes ready, and go to work in the mornings or whatever you may do. We make all kinds of decisions. And, and, and many decisions every day. You know, one of the greatest things we're going to come in contact with or we're going to find is we're going to run into confrontation with ourselves. I knew it would get like this. Don't worry, I was prepared for this. We got to hold fast to truth in the confrontation with ourselves. And what I'm going to explain to you something here. I want you to grasp this. Romans chapter number 7, Paul was writing and, and he was stating the desire to do right. If you read that, start about verse number 4 there, all the way down about tw in the 20s. There's a back and forth of what Paul is writing. And what he's finding out is he's been saved and on his way to heaven. But he finds out that as he's desiring to want to do God's will, that there's something else inside of him that don't want to do that. There's something else inside of him, someone else inside of him, this nature that we live with. And, and, and may I say what you see in Romans chapter number 7, there's a confrontation with the old man. May I say daily we'll have confrontations with ourselves. I want you to grasp this. When we are making decisions, as I said earlier, truth should not just be in the conversation, but truth should be the conversation. And I'm going to give it a reference in the scripture to think about this. In Genesis 39, Joseph was in Potiphar's house. And if you read the text there, Joseph had been sought after, had, had been sought 
uh, by Potiphar's wife. And she was a married man. She was a married woman. And she wanted Joseph to lie with her. And it said that it went on day by day. But I want you to notice something in Joseph's answer. In Genesis 39.9, when she presented herself to him and this opportunity when no one else was in the house and it was just her and Joseph and the Lord, notice what Joseph said. It said, there's none greater in the house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. Notice this answer. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And you say, what are you trying to say? Joseph left no other options but truth. He didn't put in, well, maybe, we, you know, this or that. No, he said, how then? He, he said, this is, that, what I'm talking about is, we're going to come to times in our lives, listen to me, you're going to have to make decisions, listen, over top of your emotions. When you're mad and you're angry, and someone's done something wrong to you, it ain't justified to get back and say something sinful to them. Hey, man, listen to me. I'm right. Hold on. That's acting in emotion. And that, listen to me. You're going to have to say, I'm holding fast to truth. You can let it go. You can, you can go on and you can do those things. I'm talking about there's a confrontation you and I have within ourselves with the things that gets in our hearts, with pride, all these sins that, that can get inside of us. No one else can see in a sense that way, but they can see it in the fruit of our lives. It eventually come out. If it's in there, it's going to come out. You can't hide it and you can't conceal it. If it gets down in there and it harbors in there, listen to me. Hey, if it harbors down in there, there'll be a ship to set sail out of there and it'll come right out somewhere in your life. But you're going to have to make confrontations and decisions against yourself. Nobody else can see that, but you are. You're going to have to hold fast to truth. It's them times to say, you know what I could do? I could really let them have it. I could really let them have it. But i got to remember what truth tells me. We've been going with the kids. We started this year. We're trying to do a different verse every month. In January was Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. And I've been asking the kids, there'll be times where kids are kids. And I'll say, now sis, was that kind? No. You know. But what, what we're doing is, constantly going over that, is they're going to come to a time in their decision-making where they're going to have to say, is what I'm about to do kind? That's truth. And I'm going to have to make my decision. And you know what? Though in my emotions, I want to just let it go. I just want to let you have it. i got to hold fast to truth. That's internal confrontation. May I say, we'll probably face more of those than we'll face any of the others. But not only internal confrontations, but you're going to have confrontations with society. Now, in this same book, Paul is writing, and the, the chain's dangling, and he gets to chapter number 3. And you know what he gets to chapter number 3? He tells us all about the way people act. Now, listen, people's always acted this way. These, all these characteristics have always existed. They're just intensified to a degree that's not been seen since the days of Noah. And, 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 and may I say, thinking about this, we're going to have to make decisions 
where we're right in our decision, but we're the one that's being called the problem. We are the problem, by the way, and a lot of, a lot of things is we're the, we're the issue. I, I mean, I, I'm talking about if you haven't, we have as a whole faced that. When they wanted to change laws about marriage, and we stood against that. Well, we're the problem because we don't love. You know what? No, listen to me. They don't, they don't have the right definition of love. They, they'll, change the, they'll change the way things are. They'll change a lot of things to point back and say, no, we're the problem. Can I say something to you? The standard's not moved. The standard has not changed. But we're going to have to make decisions where you and I become the enemy. Paul said in Galatians, have I become the enemy because I tell you the truth? In this situation that, 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 that kind of prompted me, my thoughts to go to this message, the, the concern of this man was the opposite party instead of truth. And may I say something to you, we're going to come to a place is sometimes it's going to hurt people's feelings when we say, no, nah, I can't do that. Yes, because that's called holding fast. Now, I never said it was easy. I'm not preaching on being easy, being smooth. Everything just, now hold on a second. Everywhere Jesus, everywhere Paul went in the book of Acts with the gospel, he found trouble. And may I say as a church, as we look at this, listen, we need to hold fast to truth because the people around us need to go to heaven. Christ died for them just like he did us. And we can't, listen, we can't get away from truth. We can't get away from the gospel message. That's what they need. And this is the twofold application. Timothy was to stay close for his own personal walk, but he was also to stay close for the, hey, for the people that's lost, for the church that he was to feed. There's a lot of things we can do here. But if we get away from uh, 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 holding fast to the truth, may I say, we won't help people eternally. That has to be our number one issue in everything we do. If there's a ministry that comes through here, we have to say, is there a way we can reach them with the gospel? I'm right on right now. I mean, I'm right on. That's our primary focus. Now, all these other things we can do, I'm, I'm for those things. Don't, don't stand up here and say, well, I preacher don't like it. We help people. No, that's not what I'm saying. But if we can't keep people out of hell, we're missing our primary focus. We, that's our primary focus. And sometimes it's through the avenues of those good things that, that God will open a door for us to be able to present the gospel to somebody. But we got to hold fast to truth. We are a local New Testament church. We're autonomous. We don't answer to some board or anybody. We answer to God, okay? That's who we are here. And our purpose is to win people to Christ. And, and, and to build Christ. I mean, that's what we are to do here. That's our purpose in this church. Why are we in Dunbar? Because God planted us here that we could see these people around us get born again, live for God, and for them to go back out and get more people saved for the glory of God. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. But that, standing for that, it'll bring confrontation. That'll bring people saying stuff about us on Facebook. That'll be people looking down and running down on us and things like that. But can I say something to you? We've got to hold fast in our decisions. We can't let what the as society thinks of us individually or as a church change the way and what we know is truth and to hold to it. We can't allow our character and our conduct to be changed because of an outside circumstance. 
We've got to hold fast in our decisions internally and with society. We're going to face affliction, persecution. I don't, I don't want to face these things. I, I'm all for, listen, if I don't have to have confrontation, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm not out here trying to, to get in some scuffle. Y'all can look at me. I ain't been in very many scuffles. If I would, I wouldn't be here. I'm not, I'm not in for confrontation, but can I say something to you? When it comes, we better stand and hold our position. We better not move the line because of confrontation. That's, what, that's what's coming, and he's writing this in chapter 1. And chapter number 3 opens up and knows that in the last days, this know also that perilous times will come. And he's talking about the way people's going to act. Can I say something to you? God knows our needs and can able to equip us. There's going to be the hold fast in our decisions, but we also ought to hold fast in our duty. I'm tying this up. Notice 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verses 1 through 3. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, now listen to me. We got a duty to hold fast. Now, I've never been in the military, and I just want to stop and just say, if you served in the military in any capacity, thank you for your service. I thank God we have a free country, and I thank God for those that died and those that served to keep us free. Praise the Lord for that. I've, I've never been, I've never had a drill, in, uh, drill instructor in my face. I, I've never, never been anything like that. But, 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 but I've heard the term duty in, in a sense of using in a military language. And if you actually go to the 1828, when you look up the word duty, it talks about the business of Marines or, or, or uh, military men. And, and may I say that looking at this passage of Scripture, uh, holding fast to truth, one, that's how we will fulfill our duty, and holding fast to truth is our duty. Now, see, we don't... Now, I wouldn't, but I didn't realize my five and a half years in college, what having no responsibility other than just going to class, how, what a blessing that was. I would have stayed another five and a half years. I mean, I graduated in May and July. I was getting my first job, and the day that I got my job, my dad was already looking for me a place to buy to, to live. But but I and, and I want to say something to you. When I when I when I had that transition in my life, I had more responsibility. I mean, I never thought. I'm thinking about the mortgage payment I make now. The mortgage payment I made back then. I thought I I thought I just gonna eat toast and pop tarts every day, and I was nervous. And, and I, I, what I, I think about just how, but how much more responsibility comes. And may I say, uh, as I get to where I'm at at 36 years old, listen to me, whether or not you want it, you've got a duty to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, as you grow in the Lord, you're going to get more responsibility and more accountability. It's our duty to stay with the truth. Not just as, I'm talking about the pastors of this church. It's our duty to feed the flock of God that was purchased with his blood. It's our duty. We're going to stand before God for the truth that we preach in this pulpit. But you, as believers, have the same accountability to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
We have the same responsibility. And the more truth that we know, the more responsibility and accountability comes with it. There's expectations of our growth. We should grow as believers, and as we grow, we should grow in our duties. He likens Timothy to be as a soldier, as and like. Y'all know that. Tom said that here many a times. Those are important words in the Bible. He didn't say he was a soldier. He said he was as one right here. But he likens this to him. And he says, enduring hardness to pass, listen to me, to pass truth on to others who will hold fast the truth and to teach others. Notice what he said. In the previous chapter, in our text verse, he was telling him to hold fast to the truth. And then in the next chapter he said, now Timothy, you've got to take the truth that you've been given and you need to give it to others that's going to be faithful to continue to pass it on. May I say, for the present hour, much of our work is a prospect, so to speak, uh, a venture. We are preparing. They're, they're just as much down there in the nursery right now. God bless the nursery teachers. Thank God for all of you. I'll praise your name. Listen, I praise the Lord for those that are willing to get down in there. You know why? Because that means we got kids. Hey, man, I preach in all kinds of churches. There ain't no kids except mine. So mine's always the ones in trouble. I think it's in Proverbs where it says when the crib's clean, there is no oxen. But by much strength of the oxen, can I say something to you? We need them down there. Hey, at ministry, it goes on on Sunday morning, children's church, and down there working with them kids. Hold on a second, friends. We need, that's just as important as anything else that goes on here. We need them. We need, listen, that's our job, to be faithful, to hold fast. I'm talking about we ought to be serious about growing the next generation in the Word of God. I'm talking about we ought to hold fast to the truth. And he told Timothy, listen, you got a duty to find out faithful men. You know what we need? We need faithful men and women who's willing to learn God's Word, who's willing to get in it to help others learn God's Word. we got to hold fast. That's our duty. There's an obligation you and I have. But notice the last thing. In 2 Timothy chapter number 3, I think probably the most, if I was giving you 10 chapters of the Bible that's most well known, this one's going to be in the top 10. We've got to hold fast against deceit. Now 2 Timothy 3.13 says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, this verse sets forth the hour we're currently in. And which is the leading of an, you know what deceit is? Here's the definition it's the leading of another person to believe what is false or to believe what is not true or not believe what is true. It's actually a, sna- a, tra- a, a trap or a snare. And you know another reason that you and I need to hold fast to sound words? not only to be spiritually healthy and to fulfill our duty and in the decisions that we make, but we ought to hold fast to sound words to ensure that we'll not get caught up in snares. What I think is interesting is the word, usage of the word form throughout the Scriptures. Now, in chapter number 1, it's talking about a pattern. And when you think about forms in chapter number 3, you'll notice that not only is people intense as they've ever been in the day we're in looking at those characteristics, but people are more religious. And what I'm saying is it says having a form of godliness. They take a little bit of the pattern, but they won't take the mold. That's what that verse is saying. Because it says, but deny the power thereof. And and, and everybody, listen, everybody wants to go to heaven. They just don't want to go through Jesus and repent of their sins and by faith trust Him as Savior. 
In the end, everybody wants to be right with God, but people don't want to get right with God God's way. That's what that's saying. They want the blessings and they want all the stuff that comes with, uh, they want to have peace and joy and things, but they don't want to acknowledge themselves as a sinner. Can I say something? You can't get saved till you admit you're a sinner. And let me say something to you. You don't have to admit you're a sinner. God's done declared you to be one. Whether you think you are or not, you are. But what do you do with that truth? People have to make a response to the gospel. You know what? Telling people they're sinners, that's going to make us think we're the enemy. You don't love. That's what they'll say. Let me say something. If we don't tell people they're lost... We don't love them anyways. If we stand up here and we preach, in, we preach whatever else, but we don't tell them that they've, that, that they've uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death, that, that because of their sin they're facing eternal separation from God, if we don't declare that faithfully and communicate that effectively, you know what? Listen, we don't love them anyways. Love doesn't always mean that, that, that there's some sort of... Uh, easiness about it but see preaching some of the things that come out of this pulpit about telling people that you're desperately wicked and deceitful above all things that's what's in our heart by the way jeremiah 17 9 i didn't say it god said it i'm just a messenger here but they'll look at us and they'll say you don't love people and you don't care about people when on the contrary this is what you know what I believe with all my heart, a lost person comes in this place, there's no better place for them to be than in this place right here. I believe there's a desire and a concern in the hearts of God's people to see people get saved. And not only want to see them get saved, but a place that wants to see them grow in the Lord, disciple them to grow. I, I believe we're in that right kind of place, but you know what? Uh, uh, we're in days that, listen to me, that, that, that we got to hold fast to the deceit because there's all kinds of things people's believing, but listen to me, deceit can get us out of the will of God too. But here's the thing about forms. He's talking about holding to the pattern, holding to the truth of God's Word. But notice in 2 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 3, when I preached through this, I, I mentioned this before, but it says, and through covetousness, Shall they with fiend words make merchandise of you, whose judgment of now long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not? And you know what that word, that word fiend words means? It, in the Greek, it means to mold or fashion. And that's where we get the word plastic from. Now, thinking about plastic... I said this the other night somewhere else in a different message, but it's a good illustration. If we were to all get up right now and go to Walmart, one, there'd just be one register open. That'd be a problem. But if we were to go there and go all the way through the store, how many different thousands of shapes of plastic do you think we could find? Do you know why they use plastic? Because they can mold it to however they want to. You know what God said right there? He said these false teachers which shall be among you, verse number 1 in that chapter. He said they shall with fiend words. They'll mold their words for the purpose to pull you from whatever it is for their profit. Notice that whole verse is about their profit. 
their covetousness, that's the desire of their heart. They want more of whatever they can get. But then it says make merchandise of you. Now, thinking about merchandise, that's just something, all that is is, you know what Walmart, I don't care what all these companies say, they have all these slogans. We're here for the people. And we care about our community. Hold on a second. You know what a business that's a profit business is in business for? To make money, to make profits. I don't care what their slogan is. I don't care what they say about that. That's their ultimate purpose. In the days we're living in now, there's people standing behind crosses with far better oratory skills than I have. Maybe smiley. All these things. And you know what they do? They mold their words to pull people away. We need to be careful and be sober and be vigilant that we hold fast to the sound words. We need to hold fast to the truth, to the pattern. They want to, they want to change our Bibles. Courtney was telling me the other day, and this, I don't know what it was, and this, this guy, I mean, he had all the answers of life, right? And he said, just here's what he said. He said, we don't need the King James Bible because we need a Bible that speaks in today's terms. And I just want to say this. We have like some of the worst, laziest English language that's ever been spoken in America. And I'm talking about for me too. 400 years ago, they spoke with, it was just better. And there ain't that many, art. listen, if you can understand ain't, you can understand most of the Bible anyways. There, there, there is not, is that better Angie, is not. She's, she, she knows the grammar. There is not um, that many words that are so archaic that we can't figure it out if we just open up a dictionary. God forbid that we would have to look a little bit. We just want everything. Microwaves have ruined us. And I'm going to go on more. I'm even more. I'd say thank God for the air fryer. You can make, I can make chicken nuggets and french fries and be the hero of the home right there. And they're good. But listen to me. This type of society of we got to have it now, the instant, I mean, if we, get on the, if we get on the computer and it takes an extra three seconds for our website to open up, we're like, man, this computer's terrible. Right? That's how we act. I mean, I, sometimes I'll be the first to admit, sometimes I'll pull into Taco Bell after Sunday night and there'll be three cars there and I'm thinking, man, this is going to ruin my whole, whole week. I'm like, no, we ain't eating anything tonight. That's the kind of things that, that's how we act. But people, listen to me. People think that same way, and you know what they want to do? They say, well, we just need to change our Bible. No, no, we don't need to change Bibles. Listen to me. We don't need to get away from the doctrines of the Word of God for something that fits culture better. Can I say something to you? The, the problem with culture is it got away from the Word of God. That's the problem. It ain't that the Word of God's old and outdated. It's culture's got away from the truth of God's Word. Listen, it ain't that we need a new Bible and some other things. Listen, we got God's Word right here, inspired and preserved. It's already right in this book. What we got to do is hold fast to it. You come on, Judy. I'm tying this up. It's it. I sometimes I think, well, I preach a lot of the same points and principles 
But can I say something to you? There's about 10 different avenues to get around it to remind you of the same things and to help you in this thing. We need to be reminded of truths we already know. I believe with all my heart in a church that's holding fast. But can I say something to you? We better preach about it frequently. It, just, it, 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 don't, it don't take much to get off track. We need to be reminded that the truth, this is why we're here tonight, because of the Lord Jesus Christ and he's given us this word and this church is operated by the word of God. Every decision we make down there in the board meeting, we do the very best we can to discern it by the truth of God's word. Prayerfully. It's a, gr a group of praying men down there. Y'all thank God, the wonderful men. It's not going to get easier. I can't promise you that It'll be roses and smiley for the rest of this journey. But I can promise you this, based on the truth of God's word, we can finish right and finish well. What he told Timothy to do to hold fast, I mean, get your grip on it. We can do that. And I'm telling you, we need to do that. I want to see churches across the world preach the gospel and people get saved. I do with all my heart. That ought to be desire of our heart. We're not in a competition with any other. Listen, I'm not looking at the sign at Dunbar. It's got all them churches down there. I'm not looking and trying to rate churches. I want them all to preach the gospel. I want them all to, to be rightly dividing the word of truth and, and to be uh, run and honor the Lord Jesus Christ in the things that they do. I want that. Dunbar would be better for that. If all the 20 churches in Dunbar would preach the word of God, would try to live holy, listen to me, it'd be wonderful, and that's what we ought to pray for. But if they don't, you better set inside your heart to say, we're going to here. I'm talking about it ought to be settled as an individual believer. Because Let me say something. You're going to make a decision this week. I don't even have to be a prophet to tell you that. Some people would call themselves prophets. Listen, you're going to make decisions this week. And then you may come across the decision you have to make for yourself. Where maybe you think you would be justified in the way you respond. But truth says, don't do that. Can I say something to you? There ought not be an options way we ought to think and the way we ought to operate. And if you actually read the book of 1 Corinthians, when we're in the Spirit, it doesn't say he reacts, it says he responds. It's a difference. When the Holy Ghost is, is, is leading our lives, we don't react to situations. You know when we react, that's when we cause problems. But when we respond, there's a, there's a determinate, foregone way to respond to something, and the Spirit will help us do that, and it's in the right, right way. You can study that chapter, it's beautiful. Listen, here's what I want to say to you. You get in that situation, don't allow there to be options. Don't allow there to be a pool of what you can pick from, an A, B, C, or D, and try to weigh out what they are. As believers, truth should be it. Doing the right thing for the glory of God should be the answer. There shouldn't have to be another one. There shouldn't have to be another way. Now listen to me. It ain't going to always be easy. I don't like being hurt just like you guys do, but I've been hurt by people's things people said and people's done. Stand up here and act like I have been. I'm glad for the things I don't know people said about me. 
And they're probably right in a lot of things they said. But I want you to grasp this. We've got to hang on to this thing. Not only for our personal walk, but God has a purpose for each and every one of us. You've got lost co-workers, family members, neighbors, children in school, whatever it may be. God's planted you for a purpose. And they may not appreciate your stance. They may not understand it. They may think you're a problem. But God's placed you there to hold fast. And to hold fast to sound words. And I'm telling you, until he comes, church, we've got to get a grip on this thing and let it get a grip on us that we'll stay fast. Let's bow our heads.